Welcome to Inside Flicks. This is a movie discussion podcast created by three brothers. My name is Mike. And like always, I'm here with my two brothers, Richard and Raymond. Uh, what we do, we like to talk movies and uh, we like to talk about, about the, the stuff that we saw recently. And what we saw recently was the new Disney film, Corella. And we're going to, I guess we're going to unpack it and really take a look into it and give our review of the movie. I um, also want to like discuss uh, some of the implications of this film, because I think you I, would you consider this movie a success already? Uh, success now, like a uh, financial? Yeah. What was its budget? It's around 100. It says. Uh, um, well, I don't know, because we're if people are kind of saying we're kind of out of the pandemic era. And I don't know if the 20 million that I made at opening weekend would be considered a success. Mm-hmm. But I mean, at least the movie's being, for the most part, well received, which is better than most of the live action Disney movies. So it's a success in that regard. That's true. And that's what I was thinking also that uh, people have reason. But it's not also, it's also not being universally loved. Yeah, there are some critics. Uh, uh, and then there's a debate online about how, about a lot of things actually, by different different topics, but we'll, we'll, we might explore that. Um, uh, the reason I bring that up, I think this might be a uh, my, well, at least my fear is that a lot of studios are might try to replicate this film. I think this is a trend. I mean, it's it's been going on for a while yeah, now. Yeah. Dis- Disney has yeah. has done it for for Maleficent. So, yeah, and also they've been digging into their IP stuff and using their iconic characters to make uh, these origin movies. Yeah, do you remember when um the the so- there was the Sony leaks and there was like talks uh, that Sony was going to make a, a solo Aunt May movie? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Stuff like that. <laughs> and that's that's so that's why I say is if Corella is a success, I think that's gives this gives the green light to other studios to pursue their those projects that's probably stuck in production hell. But, but uh, that's why this movie is also being compared to Joker, and that I I don't agree with that at all. Well, let's well let's get into it. Let's uh, let's start our review of Corella. Um, Rich, uh, read the synopsis for this film. Set in London during the punk rock movement in the, uh, the 1970s, the film revolves around Estella Miller, an aspiring fashion designer, as she explores the path that will lead her to become a notorious up-and-coming fashion designer known as Cruella DeVille. And this stars Emma Stone. She plays Cruella, or she plays Estella. <laughs> when yeah. we first meet her, she eventually turns into Cruella. Who else is in this cast, Richard? Emma Thompson as stars as the, uh, the, the, the big bad, I guess you could say. Yeah. Uh, and Joel Fry, Paul Walter Hauser, Emily Beecham, Kirby Howe Baptiste, and Mark Strong. And so uh, the movie, like you said, was set against this uh, 1970s punk rock. But I don't think I, my <laughs> I, my first critique on this was that it's not necessarily punk rock. I would think that, I, I think this is more glam rock. This is more like uh, Ziggy Stardust. Yeah. David Bowie stuff here. Yeah. And I think uh, I don't know for whatever reason that I think maybe punk rock is just a just a, a more appealing term, I guess. But uh, and I, I think, think so. that's what I liked about the movie, the the, the style. It's. I mean, it's a really kind of marvelous, marvelously crafted film. It's a beautifully looking movie, and I do like how it was influenced by David Bowie's Ziggy Stardust in that kind of era. Um, but there's some things I don't like about it too. Uh, but let me hear your your guys' thoughts, uh, Raymond. What's your thoughts on Corella? You just finished watching it watching it yesterday. 
Uh, what's your what's your first thoughts? Okay, well, I was when the trailers came out for this movie. You know, of us three, I was the only one that liked him, and I was, yeah. you know, the only one that's looking forward to this movie. And uh, after, after uh, and I, you know, I started watching the movie, and I, I was actually pretty disappointed from the, from the beginning because when uh, the, the movie starts off with with like Cruella as as a child, and everything about the beginning with with the characters as, as children because we also see uh jasper and, and horace as, as children and stuff and none of that worked for me it felt very very disney and um the actors really weren't very good i mean the the, the little girl playing cruella was okay but the, mm -hmm. i mean the cat the actors playing uh jasper and, and uh and horace were were, were awful <laughs> and and just the they do this like little origin in the beginning for like why uh she hates uh, Dalmatians and the way they execute <laughs> right. that sequence with like these CGI, CGI dogs and stuff. I don't want to get too into it. It just, it was laughably bad. Mm. And um, I, I, the movie was off to a really bad start for me because this is like the first 20 minutes. But as, as right when we get past this and, you know, we, Emma Stone gets introduced and, you know, you start hearing the Rolling Stones uh, <laughs> playing. I'm like, okay, uh, this is instantly starting to pick up. I mean, I had a lot of fun with Emma Stone's performance. Um, I had a lot of fun with actually with, with most of the performances. I thought everyone in this movie was really good. And um, I, I ended up enjoying the movie, but I do have um, some issues with it. I, I, I don't like how some, some certain elements from 101 dalmatians are forced into this movie oh uh, you mean like the, that. the easter eggs types or the the um, the the what's it called the fan um uh what's it called when you have to please the fans um i don't know if it's if it's fan service i think no, it's fan kind service, of yeah. a, a combination of fan service and setting up a sequel and and um and just putting two two things in this movie that really just didn't fit the story i see what you're, you're saying there um also, you know, also, you know, a couple of the the needle drops are kind of forced. <laughs> yeah, there's a yeah, I yeah, and then there's like a needle drop sometimes, like every like thirty seconds, a song will end, and then like not even ten seconds later, a new song will begin. <laughs> yeah, well, this is this movie was directed by Craig Gillespie. Gillespie, and he did uh, he previously directed I Tanya, and I think the and, and that's a movie that I had problems with as well, and mainly it, and the problems I do have with this movie is those kind of forced needle drops. It's kind of more, it's very much a in the in the style of Goodfellas. It's a lot of uh, uh, camera push-ins, a lot of dolly effects, whip pans, and and. Uh, it's, it got distracting after a while, and uh, he for what and this is something new for with for Gillespie, who uh, has really have a I, I think even you know before I Tanya I think he had a a pretty decent career. He did that movie Large and the Real Girl, which I thought was really good. Uh, he did Fright Night, which a lot of people liked. Yeah, the remake. Yeah. Yeah, but he also did Mr. Woodcock. <laughs> <laughs> that was his first movie. But he did a movie for uh, called... Two, uh, two other films for Disney, Million Dollar Arm and The Finest Hours. And I, I never saw oh. The Finest Hour, but I did like Million, Million Dollar Arm a lot. And mm -hmm. But with I, Tanya, he kind of adopted this Scorsese style, and he really well, took it to the next uh, next level with Corella and I well, it got really distracting and I didn't like him kind of just stealing Scorsese style I just it just felt really bad uh well yeah well to be fair to the director he 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 reached a new 
a new level of fame after making I, Tanya. And it seems like Disney specifically hired him to do what he brought to I, Tanya. So, I mean, you can't really blame him for doing what the studio asked, right? I mean, I mean, they wanted a, styli- a stylized movie. Yeah, I'm not sure who brought what. I mean, I'm sure he he his pitch was like I I understand this punk rock movement of the 70s. I want to I'm sure that was his pitch like let me bring in this punk rock type of uh, storytelling where when we we move the camera very fast and we'll move you know a lot of this stuff and uh but to me uh, it felt you know, like I said. It, 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 he just had to take the put the you know put the put it down a little bit. I mean, let's 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 make it a little bit less uh, flashy in some of these scenes. But I mean, t- to his credit, I mean, he made the movie fun. Mm-hmm. But um, Rich, well, let me get to you, to you. Uh, what's your thoughts on the, on Corella? Well, like Raymond was saying, I wasn't very fond of the trailers coming out, and I didn't, wasn't really looking forward to it. But when I eventually went, uh, when we eventually went to see it, I enjoyed it. I really enjoyed it. I, 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 I'm not a, well, I haven't seen 100 Dalmatians, 101 Dalmatians since the, what, the seventies. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I don't even remember watching 101 Dalmatians, the remake or whatever it is. The live action. I, I don't, I don't think I, I don't ever remember saw, that one either. I, I don't, I don't even remember even remember a thing of 102 Dalmatians. Yeah. The, the Glenn Close ones. Um, but I enjoyed this film for what it was. And I, I feel like it was more meant for um, as a children's film. Well, not, a, not really, really small children, but more teens, you know, young teens, teens and stuff like yeah. that. And um, I thought it was fine. I thought it was, it, it was good. And, and the music helped, of course. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, and the wink. Wink was the standout. I mean, uh, was that the dog? And, yeah, the, the 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 you know the, the chihuahua, the, the little chihuahua. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And and also Emma Stone. The performances were good, and I, I kind of you know, I I, I kind of wish this this was a bigger hit or something like that. And I could see them doing a, a sequel to this with, I mean, Craig Gillespie just did, um, like you said, I Tanya, and the best actor in uh, in that film to me was Allison Janney, who would be a perfect choice to play an older Cruella, and. Um, oh, uh, so you want to see if this was a film, if this film was a hit? Well, you could have also, you could also still include Emma Stone in a flashback uh, sure, storyline. Sure, but I, I see, I see, I see Alice and Janney. I, I, I even think they could, this, this movie could have been pitched with Alice and Janney instead of Emma Stone, but Disney said, you know, let's go younger. And they couldn't, they yeah. minded. Yeah, and I, I don't think that uh, uh, they will ever cast an older person for this role. I mean, because. But if it's a, if you have Emma Stone in the flashback, I mean, in flashback storyline, kind of like Godfather Part 2. But, but yeah, that's it. Well, see, but that's the, the, the that's thing the, is, okay, they it's ruined. Fun, it, it's funny that you brought up Godfather 2, and, and that brings me to my question. Like, so. There's a there's a question here. Like, is this movie meant for kids or is this movie meant for young adults? It's or, Disney. It's, it's meant for, for everyone. It's, okay, because it's, 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 it's a PG-13 film. Mm-hmm. And I mean, but so was Pirates. I mean, I think sure. this is for the same. I think sure. it's same for the same. You could say it's for the same audience. It's just it's it's a different time now. Yeah. Well, I I, I want to mention this uh, review that I read, and it's from Newsday. Uh, the critic is Raffer Guzman, and he's a big fan of the movie. He this is what his quote. Uh, this movie is one of the best triumphs of a 
best triumphs of evil movies to come along in years. Not quite as masterful as Godfather Part Two, perhaps, <laughs> but certainly miles above Joker and Birds of Prey. And that's when I read that, I go, I, "That's." I don't know. I like. I Joker agree more. with. I agree with Birds of Prey. <laughs> I, I like agree Joker with the more. Birds of I mean, Prey. To me, but that's the thing. I, I I love Joker. I mean, to me, Joker is like one of the best movies of like the past couple of years. Well, that's the thing. If this is going to be. You know, if this is a, a movie for everyone or for not kids, then we have to, re, you know, we have to review it and analyze it as a movie that is, uh, is uh, at the same level of a, as a Godfather or something. I mean, we have to like, because if it's a, a family movie, it's a fun movie. It's a kind of a, sh- a shamelessly entertaining family kid movie. Then I would have to give it a pass. You know. Well, it is a kid movie, but I think it has a bit more, a bit more going for it. Slightly more than a most kid. It's a family movie, you know. But, but it's also, a family movie that can also appeal to like the to like for, for teenagers. T- yeah, sure. I, 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 I think it could even appeal to old older crowds. No, so, because well, um, the older crowds are uh, most of them, are, or a lot of them, are totally devoted to the the original One Hundred Wall Dalmatians, and this one, and this one, you know. Totally. I don't know because I think you, there's a lot of young people that I mean people grow up with Disney movies. I mean those movies don't die. Sure. There's a, uh, I think um, there's a, a lot of young people that grow up with you know 101 Dalmatians and 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 all of them, all these movies. So I I don't I don't think that's necessarily true. These movies are. But this is um, definitely a retcon. This is def- yes 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 okay yes yeah just everything they do with Jasper and Horace is a retcon. Yeah, so this is that's what uh, that's what I meant I, that. I'm not, you know, a, well, I was a fan probably back then or whatever. Hundred Wall Dimensions. Oh, you're just not a diehard fan. I'm not. I'm not. A fan I'm not I haven't. I don't seen even. I don't even years. remember it. Uh, I'm vaguely remember it, but as a film, as a film itself, it was fine. It, it was good to me. Yeah, but see, if this is a movie that is meant to entertain teenagers or young adults or even you know Disney fans, I think uh, the um, it's a cheap corporate branding oh of course oh, 100%, 100%. yeah that's what i'm saying 100%. but the music the music but they itself. did it right they yeah, did that's it a, that's, they, and they've that's been a good doing point. the disney's been doing you could say the same thing honestly about the mcu but they're doing it right <laughs> well absolutely Captain, but Captain i think marvel had horrible music this is basically and this is basically an mcu <laughs> well there i mean i think you're there's something to that because i think that there's a lot of you know, when we I deal- like MCU movies, and I think they did a good job with this, man. I think, I think, I think Marvel does a little. It's very bit. corporate. I don't disagree with that. This is a very corporate movie, but I mean, the, a, a corporate movies can be good too. <laughs> yeah, but I think they, they, you know, I think that there's some really bad kind of uh, tropes here. Uh, the origin trope, the girl boss trope yeah. the the you know Dude, i hate i hate i hate the first 20 minutes of this movie i think <laughs> the first 20 minutes of this movie is a straight up f like i didn't think it was better i i was straight up yeah it kind of reminded me off it kind of reminded me of queen's gambit but still i mean it's just no way we're i mean wait, well queen's gambit was good <laughs> oh, <laughs> I mean, yeah. it's awful yeah well I, I think this is a very i agree with a lot of what you have to say i think this is very successful in the sense that it had you know this movie comes with inherent ba- boundaries because of the IP, because this is a popular franchise, although yeah. it hasn't been active since the late 90s, but it, you, mm-hmm. this is a known villain character. Mm-hmm. And so the, the idea here is that you have to make this 
Corella character who, you know, arguably is probably the most heinous <laughs> villain in the Disney canon. I mean, she's yeah, so uh, she's been a, one of my favorites. Yeah, and you know, and she and she's a dog killer. <laughs> Let's be honest, I, I, she's that's a dog what killer. Makes her great. That's <laughs> what makes her great. I mean, she's she's terrifying. Yeah, so that's, so that's why I'm saying that. I mean, this is a total retcon. They, they, they yeah. absolutely, yeah, well, absolutely wash that the, away. So you have to make this dog killer into a antihero, and mm-hmm. I think. The movie does it absolutely successful of, of turning this character into like this anti-hero that we could root for. Cause I and, and so Corella has to be has to walk this very fine line between anti-hero and scoundrel. And I think they thread that needle very, you know, a very narrow needle. They thread it very well. I mean, I think they do it. It's a very it's successful because I don't think I don't think you this movie does not I mean, even though they make Corella into this anti-hero there's still potential for her to turn full evil, which, uh, you know, uh, keeps the nature of the character alive, I guess. It's, it's not really kind of like uh, reinventing this character into a totally different person. This is definitely a Corello character, but giving her a little more nuance. Uh, but but then in the end of the day, this is really just the Joker for kids, <laughs> right? I mean, and that's what I think. I, I, don't, I don't know if that. that's even a good thing. I was oh. expecting this to be kind of Joker for kids based on the trailer, but it, it didn't end up being that at all. I think this is like Devil Wears Prada for kids. Definitely Devil's Wears Prada. I don't but, know. Yeah, and, I mean, uh, I, and, and I like and I like how this movie kind of in in a way like it respects the fashion world, but it also makes fun of it a little. Like there's a scene in this movie where I, I, I thought it was like a, in many ways a complete f you to the fashion world, <laughs> where Jasper and Horace um, show up to. Uh, to this like gala, they show up to like the to the car to the to the opening entrance of the red carpet and and a, a dumpster truck, yeah, and they just dump a bunch of trash there. I don't know if that's <laughs> and then it. And in, in the in the middle of the trash, you see Cruella Deville come out, and all of the trash is part of her of her dress. Mm-hmm. I thought that was I thought that was kind of trashing the fashion world a I, little bit. I don't know if that's uh, trashing the fashion world. I think that's part part know. of the the fashion, you know, aesthetic. Punk rock. Yeah, that's I, punk, I that's more punk making, rock. Thought, yeah. I thought they were making fun of it a little bit. I do agree that this is maybe the the first Disney film that kind of embraces the queer community, the LGBT community in a sense. Yeah, John McCreo is uh, fantastic in this movie as Artie. Uh-huh. It was, uh huh. He plays the I, he plays the real first like gay character I think in a Disney movie because you remember how Disney was trying to say that um, Josh Gad in um, <laughs> the live action Beauty and the Beast. Yeah. It was like their first uh, their first gay character, and he did nothing gay in the movie. <laughs> I didn't, you know, actually, I didn't. I never saw that movie, but yeah, yeah, yeah. He, it, he it, was it, just it. he was just a reg- he was just like a best friends with a guy. That's it. <laughs> I mean, no one says they're gay in this movie. There, there's no, there's no relationship. No, we, yeah, he does. He's he does. He oh, says does he? that he 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 uh, he get uh, he he gets like bad and beat up for for uh for dressing a certain way but um oh yeah he, yeah he takes it as a compliment because he'd rather be tr- be treated that way than be called normal or something like that yeah okay. it's the his first scene that's true that's when well, i just sh- watched it last night <laughs> <laughs> yeah and i would say that it's it is kind of the first openly or not, i don't know if it's openly at least uh, at least they may, there's some uh movement in that in that direction you know, to be more kind of inclusive when it comes to the lgbt community Regardless, I, I hate when they force characters like that in this movie but this was a good character i like that right i liked his character too uh um <laughs> okay 
Yeah, well, you know what? Let's get into Emma Stone and her performance because even though I do have problems with the film, and most of it, is, it really is because of the director and his kind of really overly flashy film of style filmmaking, his him just blatantly stealing, you know, the God, the Godfather or the Goodfellas aesthetic, and you know, that's what made it good for to me. Well, yeah, I know. I mean, I mean, I think there's ways they could do it, but not being too shamelessly just stealing from from Scorsese. I think they did it the right amount. Yeah, I. I but, well, let me, let me get to little... the Emma, uh, Emma Stone though. I mean, the, the reason I brought that up is. Let's so let's get into Emma Stone and her performance because I think her performance is very very good for yeah. what, for what mm-hmm. she has to do in this movie. She has to be a villain. She has to be kind of borderline crazy, but not really. We have to have sympathy for her, and I think she does it really good. I mean, I was really shocked about her performance in this, and made me really kind of re uh, made me appreciate her as an actress. Not that I didn't hate her before, but I, I just really thought she kind of was able to walk this line. And uh, yeah, let's let's talk about her performance, Rich. Uh, what was your thoughts? Yeah, I thought she did a great job, and I I think she will, uh, uh, um, you know, uh, make an impression on young uh young girls especially um and you know i guess we'll soon find out in halloween when the little kids will come <laughs> dressed up as cruella uh, to see if this movie does well and so yeah um, i mean sure i'm sure that i mean and they'll have a lot of different costume options <laughs> yeah. yeah and i'm sure uh, you know this movie is going to be very popular but emma stone as her as an actress she makes the movie yeah she she is the star i mean yeah she, she does the whole thing I mean, her and Emma Thompson. I mean, they yeah. went to toe and toe, and she came but out the also, and she came but you, out. you also got to give credit to uh, Joel Fry and Paul Walter Hauser, who are fantastic in this movie as well. Yes, Joel Fry, I was very impressed by because I, I just saw him on a uh, um, well, not too long ago in his last performance of, that I remember. Uh, well, he was first in Game of Thrones, but um, and and more recently, uh, yesterday, the uh, the Beatles. Oh yeah, I forgot about that movie. Yeah. The, and um paul walter hauser that this is your favorite actor from uh he is the man yeah from uh, kai and uh, and richard drool which is a film that you liked a lot sure and i tanya so yeah i mean to talk really quickly talk about paul walter hauser who has become this guy who uh uh who yeah first kind of broke out in i tanya and now you know yeah they did a really wonderful performance as richard jewel i think an unappreciated film uh yeah richard really liked (laughs) but uh, um i think in this party he was he brought a new level of 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 of, of, like he's the only one who i think really felt like he was having the greatest time of his life i mean he was (laughs) obviously doing a bob hopkins impression and he kind of uh uh he admits this in an interview that he was oh really uh, yeah he had the he had the option of doing bob hopkins or um Ray Winstone, and he goes, oh, "I gotta oh, do, no, I gotta yeah. do Bob Hopkins," <laughs> yeah. and he he, I guess he he took the 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 accent from uh, his performance in Hook. Oh, okay, yeah, and so yeah. uh, and I thought it was f- fantastic. I thought it was you know, and I'm sure like to my ear, to my American ears, it looks it was perfect. But you know, I'm sure to a lot of British and English and Londoners with that Cockney accent, maybe he didn't pull it off right. But I think he got the attitude perfectly, especially for this movie where it's supposed to be this fun kind of rocking a type of film. And uh, yeah, what's your thoughts on uh, on 
What's your thoughts on his performance? I, I just wish he had more screen time. For, for him and Joel Fry, I wish they both had more screen time. Well, they will in a sequel. <laughs> no, no sequel. <laughs> no, but yeah, I mean, he, yeah, um, they both did very well, and the dogs did very well. I mean, uh, well, except for we, the CGI dogs. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I like actually like the CGI. I think there was very. Mm -hmm. I think compared this to to that one movie with Harrison Ford, what was that? <laughs> what was that movie called? Call of the Wild. Yeah, yeah. I think that this movie blows that movie. I mean, uh, it's too bad that the Call of the Wild didn't wait like a couple years because I think the, the the technology got better or whatever. I don't know what they did for this movie, but it was pretty pretty much seamlessly as I guess except that one one scene that you were complaining about but I kind of like the the, the the CGI dogs in this I mean a, a lot of it was CGI and I thought it was done well it, it wasn't too distracting I would say that just when, when they had to do like crazy stunts jumps. yeah major stunts <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, that's probably why they were that's probably why they were CGI to begin with right yeah I mean uh, yeah I mean a lot of it was like just running full speed into like tiny holes or whatever and climbing up a bunch of stuff that all that stuff has got to be cgi it's no way that uh, they, i mean back in the day they would train a real dog to do that and that dog would probably broke his leg <laughs> or you know <laughs> they would do major damage to that dog but uh, uh now it's like uh you know we could do it safely um uh yeah so what's your final thoughts on corella rich it it's a decent movie. It's it's nothing uh, over spectacular, but it's just it's it's a good film. It, it's a, it's it's definitely no Birds of Prey. I mean, Birds of Prey is horrible, <laughs> trash. Uh, every time I think about it, it gets worse. This one I like Birds of Prey. I yeah. think they're very close, actually. <laughs> this one it might be a little long, but um, I didn't feel the length really. Yeah, it it it, it felt fine. Um, yeah. Uh, the music is fantastic. I mean, fa fantastically used compared to Captain Marvel. <laughs> and and uh, I think uh, our wise choices, even the Clash song, which was in the 80s. Um, and I liked how they used a couple covers. I liked how they used a couple uh, covers yeah, of yeah. popular songs just to mix it up a little bit. Yeah, I mean, there was a, t yeah, a Tina Turner uh, version of a Beatles song, I think. Maybe it's just because it was cheaper to get the version. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> But, but they also there was a scene where they uh, there was like a, a a live performance during one of the fashion shows and mm -hmm. yeah. So what, what what would you grade this, Rich? I'd probably just give it a B. Yeah. Oh wow. Uh, uh, yeah. Okay. That's fine for what it was. And, and especially, I mean, you gotta uh, if it's if it's um, if it's aimed for kids, I'm. It's, yeah, it's, but is it's, it's a great film. That's the thing. Is it aimed for kids? I don't know. I would say yes. I mean, it's a hundred wall dimensions. It's it's aimed for kids. Uh, Raymond, what's your final thoughts on Corella? And go ahead and grade it at the end. Well, kind of. Well, what you were saying to Rich right now, how it, how is this for kids? I do think it's for kids. It's just not for small babies that watch. You know, a lot of like, you know, like Ice Age or something like that. Right. You know? I agree with that. It's yeah. not, it's not for that audience. It's for it's for it's for kids. Uh, yeah, unfortunately, and, this is um, PG thirteen, and maybe this could have been PG ten or something like that if <laughs> if we had a rating like that. But go ahead, go ahead, finish. Ten year old kids have I, cell phones now. I mean, they, they, okay, I mean, eight eight year olds. No, what, I mean, what you want? No, I'm just saying five or the, like three year olds. I'm just saying it's fine for everybody. Think, it's it's a I family movie. I think this is fine for a, a five year old, a four year old. I just don't know if they're going to be as interested as like an eight year old. Okay, but uh, I think the I think the movie's 
very entertaining once you get past the horrible beginning. And uh, really, besides the the, the god awful beginning, the only thing I really had issues with was like uh, you know maybe a little too many needle drops, mm-hmm. and uh, all the se- setting up a sequel, all the fan service, if you will, forcing some stuff into the plot, forcing stuff some stuff into the movie. That stuff really bothered me. Uh, so I, I I'd give it a B minus. Okay. Um. Real quick question, you know, people have said this is Joker for kids. So is that not right? That's not a right description. Is that a pull? I don't agree with that at all. I think that's only that's only true in the way that this is a movie based on a villain from the Disney um, Disney. I don't even know what the Disney canon, I guess. Yeah. And you know, Joker's a DC Comics canon supervillain solo movie. They're both solo movies. That's the only thing in common. They're not. They're, and I guess maybe this movie is very inspired by Devil Wears Prada, and that movie was very inspired by classic uh, Martin Scorsese's like mm-hmm. '70s cinema. I guess maybe they do have a lot of common. <laughs> is there similarities to Joker in the? No, there, this is probably more like Maleficent. I mean, this is uh, there's no there's no similarities with Joker, but they are similar in the way that they're both based on a villain, a yeah. movie, a character that shouldn't probably have its solo film. And it's similar in a way that they're both inspired by popular films. Mm-hmm. But that's about it. And I think this movie only really borrows from The Devil Wears Prada, right? Did you guys feel, did you guys see anything else in there? Definitely, Devil's Wear Prada. Well, I. I oh, well, you saw Goodfellas, right? <laughs> I, well, I saw, I mean, the style is definitely Goodfellas for me. And it feels like. But, but for me, so many things borrow sure, that sure, style. So sure. many things uh, use it. And I mean, I think they used it here better than most other movies that steal. And, and, my, and my critique on that is not just for this movie, it's also my critique also on I, Tanya. And really, that's my critique on, on, the, on the director. Uh, Craig, oh, come on! Uh, I Tanya is a great movie. <laughs> I don't, I don't think it's that great of a movie. It's, it's fun. It's a good movie. It's a great movie. I haven't seen it in a long time. <laughs> but my my critique is for more director Craig Gillespie. But I do have problems with this movie. If this movie is for young adults, because I think they could do better. We could give them better. Yes, you, you like you were saying. This is like successful in the sense that because of of the this franchise type of you know. The, you know, we we're in the era of franchise filmmaking where we just take iconic characters and give them origin stories. This is a yes, this is a very competent movie. The acting is great. The direction is great. The, the, the set designs, the costumes, all of it's fantastic. And it's absolutely successful. It's the, Dis- the Disney machine, man. They it's, know how to do it. <laughs> yes. And it's very successful in, in the sense that it has to deal with these boundaries where they can't just. You know, but it is a boundary there. They can't go further. Let's say if this wasn't based on Corella, could this have been a better movie? And I think so. Yeah, yeah, this could yeah, have been probably. a definitely better movie. But because this is set in some kind of IP, it's stuck. It's stuck in this kind of corporate. Uh, you know, like it could. The, it could also. It could also be. It could also be worse. I mean, like sure, look at sure, sure. Like mirror, look at Mirror Mirror. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, yeah. But it's but because of it set against uh, an iconic character, it's trapped in this kind of corporate branding where we have to sell uh, to everyone. And I, but th- I think a lot of the I think I think a lot of the problem with that is also Disney because you know it's a Disney film, so you can't yeah. go too mature with it. You can't go too dark. And um, I mean that's that's fine. I mean, <laughs> other uh, other studios will. will 
will let their filmmakers go a little wild. I mean, Joker. <laughs> so if if so if this movie is for families, and I guess that we're all agree it probably is for families. I definitely see that it's you know I'm gonna give it a pass. But if this is meant to be as compared, so you know we got this one critic you know that I mentioned comparing it to Joker and uh, Birds of Prey and Godfather 2, if we're going to do that, then we have to also up our, our crit criticism and say, no, this is this, this definitely doesn't deserve to be, or at least, at least the young adults and 20-year-old deserve better movies than just a corporate branding. Look, uh, I, I, I agree with what you're saying, but yeah. I don't think you've been watching enough of these Disney movies oh, to sure. know what an improvement this <laughs> is on what we've been getting. And that's yeah. the thing that's maybe that's why everyone has been giving this a pass and have been giving this really great praise and it, i think this actually gives and maybe we'll we'll start another conversation but this really kind of sets the mold sets the uh the blueprint for other studios to to follow and where we're just going to get more corporate films where well in many ways in many ways you could say that maybe joker left that blueprint right because i yeah, mean like yeah, it, that's it, very true maybe more so because of uh but then again then I think Joker at least is talking to it. And, you know, and like, uh, I should mention that I hated the Joker. I think it's a very nihilistic film, but at least it was it's trying a masterpiece. To, at least it was trying to to talk to a, a sense of that uh, society that we somewhat kind of parallel parallels our our existing reality it was trying to say something although i don't think it said anything but i think at least it was uh, there was an attempt to say something and where corella was it's just an attempt to make more franchise it makes more sequels and we're using this you know this really kind of uh Corp, you know, like I keep on mentioning corporate, but I just feel very much like a Disney corporate machine. This film is, and that's, the, that's like every Disney movie, man. I mean, they sure. are the, like one of the biggest corporations in the world. Well, uh, uh, but you mentioned uh, something. Uh, you mentioned something that does this movie feels like another movie? And at one point, I don't know if you got this, but I got this. Mm -hmm. uh, Emma Stone playing Estella turns into Corella as an alter ego in the movie. Mm -hmm. And I go, is she doing Dr. Detroit? <laughs> no. It felt like she was doing Dr. Detroit for a half a second there. And I think I think they're stealing from Dr. Detroit, which is a nope. fabulous movie. <laughs> no, it's not. Joker is way better. <laughs> which is, if this is more, see, if this was more Dr. Detroit than the Joker, I probably would would have loved this more. <laughs> I think if this was more Dr. Detroit, it would be an R-rated comedy. Oh, that's true. You know, I totally forgot that. Dr. Troy was an R-rated movie. It's a movie about prostitution. Yeah, that's true. I forgot about it. I mean, I used to watch that as a kid, you know. Uh, uh, it would, it would okay, be on TV well, all the time. Really quick, really quick. Uh, you you mentioned earlier, not long ago, that um, you hate or you don't – one of the things you don't like about this movie is how it steals so much from Goodfellas. It steals from Scorsese. So let me let me ask you this. If, because we also compared this movie to an MCU film, and you like those movies, if the next MCU movie like steals a lot from Martin Scorsese, would you hate it? Uh, I don't know. It depends on on the movie, but I mean, look, I although I have like these really major things that I don't I wasn't pleased with the movie, I have to agree that it was successful for what it is. And it is this kind of uh, franchise film, I you know the origin of a fran of a character, and it did it very well. So I, I guess I'm going to give this a C, which is a passable grade, but not uh, really. 
Uh, well, it's pa- it's a passable. It's a recommendation. Not really a recommendation at all, but okay. What is a C plus a recommendation? I think so. All right, I'll give it a C plus. I mean, it's a C plus is a recommendation. It's like a passable rec- uh, recommendation. It, I think the success of this film will show, or this is the warning sign of a lot of, and then maybe this is not just this film. Uh, the lot, a lot of these fil- these type of films are the warning signs of of what we're gonna get in the next couple of years with when when studios have become more f- more dependent on their IP. We're already there, man. Yeah. <laughs> so that's why there. that's why we shouldn't accept it. If well, we're really film well, this is a film community, we should reject it and like demand better. Well, that's my point. Talking. That's my whole point of the All right. Um I think we've been in that apocalypse for a long time. Yeah. <laughs> then we should uh, like, reject it. Like oh like over a decade. And I think if we're gonna reject it, you have to you have to automatically also reject the MCU. You can't just pick you can't just can't pick one. Uh, I mean you we, can't you can't pick one and then this the other and then the, and they're both corporate things. They're both literally from the same corporation. It's just one's done well. And I think this is, an, again, an example of one that's done well. I mean, each MCU movie has its flaws as well. Yeah. Just like I have flaws with this movie. Yeah. And I think uh, um, um, MCU movies are, are, see, I compare MCU movies of, of the, like the, 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 the blockbusters of the eighties or even the, 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 the big, Big, big picture houses of the 70s and 60s where they were just aimed for general audiences and I don't th- this is a little bit different I mean I guess both of them are very much I, the same I think, I think that I think that's reaching because I don't see any similarities with MCU in any of the no no not in style not in style or not even even in the same topic just, I'm just like pop, populist cinema you mean yeah, like, are yeah, you, yeah. so you're, you're comparing like the MCU to like uh, for example like Back to the Future no no like like uh what like okay let's say the disaster film of the 70s or the western in the 40s and oh, 50s okay, okay. The, you know it's uh, you oh, okay know, okay i think eventually the superhero genre is going to die out soon. i don't i don't agree with your i don't agree with what you're saying at all because those movies that were coming out and those westerns and stuff they they had auteurs behind them they were they weren't like corporate products that were like all well maybe some of them were yeah. but for the most part they weren't they weren't the these like corporate products that were i mean the ones that we remember and that and that made an impact and that are still being talked about today are ones that had real um artists behind them well you could say that the mcu have real artists behind them too uh you know so do they do they like when they have that much limited ability to do what they want and when they're already given i mean really the real first example of true auteur freedom in the mcu i think it's going to be uh, the eternals yeah well sure and but i mean look look at like say for instance the, the history of uh casablanca Casablanca was done within the studio system. Michael Curtiz was a studio director, but it's considered a classic. Now, I don't say I don't say any of the MCU movies yet is a, like a classic film. I think they're just big kind of uh, entertainment movies. And, and when and when Martin Scorsese came out and said that um, you know the, the MCU movies or at least the comic movies are kind of um, uh, what he said, what's he say? He said it was like, um, uh, amusement parks, amusement park. I actually kind of agree with that. I think I, I, I agree with that a lot. And, and, mm-hmm. and, but with Disney, 
with this Corella film, this is different. I think it's a little bit different where they're just. I think this is totally in the music. Maybe, part. maybe, maybe you're right. Maybe it's the same thing. Maybe it's the same thing, just in a lesser degree. But it also—it's an amusement park that also borrows a lot from the Devil Wears Prada. <laughs> yeah, and then and and uh, uh, what was it, Doctor Detroit? <laughs> no. <laughs> All right, so you know, let's talk about the distribution of this film. This was released in theaters, and it was also released on Disney Plus uh, pre- Premium Access for thirty bucks. And it was uh, better than Mulan. Way yeah, better. Yeah. So let's talk about it. I mean, was this the right choice? Was it should have been just released exclusively in theaters, or should it have just been on a VOD? Or, or what's your what's your yeah, thoughts on that? Yeah, you know, I think they should have just put it exclusively in theaters. But I mean, I don't blame them because I mean, I don't think they were expecting like you know. A quiet place too to make fifty million at the box office, or like Cruella to do to make twenty million at the box office. I, I think they were still expecting very low numbers, and um, I think it. Yeah, I think if they knew that the the movie was going to make this much, that they would have just done strictly theaters. Even though, I think if the movie came out maybe next year, it would have done even better. Oh wow, Rich, uh, do you agree? Do you think this would have done better? If it was exclusively released in theaters, um, next year, or oh, yeah, because I just or maybe Christmas, maybe Christmas, holidays. Because we're, I, mean, I, I think Raymond was saying that because we're still feeling the effects of the pandemic. Yeah, and also I think a big part, Quiet Place did really well because I think a lot of like young people went to go see it. I think people in like their twenties and early thirties went to go see it. I don't think. Um, maybe that's not that young, <laughs> <laughs> but to me that's young, mm-hmm. and. Um, and I, I don't I don't think families are really all going back to the movies just yet. I think some families are, and that's probably who went to go see Cruella. Actually, I don't know what the, the, the analytics are, but I wouldn't be surprised if a lot of people that went to go see Cruella are people in their 20s. Well, the oh. thing is, um, you can't really put uh, children's movies out now because they're not vaccinated. So that's... That's the that they're they're oh. the more highs most high high uh, high at risk. So, so you think no no children's films are going to be released. So, so you think that's why they release they're going to release the new but Pixar Peter, movie. Peter Rabbit two comes out in like two weeks. Well, so I don't care. <laughs> so, uh, so you're you're saying that's that's the reason why Disney is going to release uh, that Pixar movie on exclusively. Yes. Yeah, Luca exclusively on 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 the Disney Plus. Disney Plus. Yes, because um, they did the same thing with the with uh, Soul, and it was successful. And um, and I guess the, I guess Boss Baby, <laughs> the sequel for Boss that Baby. Comes in, that's that go- comes out in like a month, right? Yeah, that's also going to be released on uh, in theaters and also in a uh, Peacock. Oh really? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah. So, it is. I mean, you got maybe you're 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 onto something there. Uh, yeah. Maybe it's a vaccination. There's no vaccination for children. Mm-hmm. All right. So, uh, Raymond, you want you wanted to say anything else before we go? No, I think I think I think we covered it all. <laughs> yeah. All right. So that was a good discussion on Corella <laughs> and the many <laughs> my many fears of uh, what uh, franchise films are going to look like. And uh, but you, you, we all agree that I think we all agree that this is a very competent film, and it, it does succeed in the many, many, in many categories, and and it is a strong, strong performance by Emma Stone, who does an incredible Corella Deville. 
All right, so that was it for this episode of Inside Flicks. Uh, we should be back very soon with a new episode. I don't know what we're going to watch next, but it will be something uh, interesting. Uh, and uh, conjuring. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe so, maybe, I don't know. I don't know what we're going to do. Hey, Rich. Uh, Rich. <laughs> if people want to find our our old episodes and find our, our podcast, where could they go? They could find all our cruel episodes at Google Podcasts, <laughs> Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, Pandora, Spotify, and you can find all our links on InsideFlix.com. All right. Thank you for listening. Uh, this is Inside Flix. We'll be back very soon. All right. Bye-bye.